Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. Today, as always, I am your host, Stephen Jarvis, and we are going to talk about the the San Francisco 49ers dynasty. I'm going to start from when Bill Walsh is hired all the way to when, you know, all the way past Joe Montana being traded, him retiring, um, and then Steve Young winning the fifth Super Bowl title for the San Francisco 49ers, and that'll be it. So sit back, join us on me on this journey as I bring us back to the, the 80s and 90s as we talk about this wonderful football dynasty. Not as great as the Patriots, but hey, you know, we'll get to that one one day. Maybe I'll do another episode today. We'll see. All right, here we go. So, in 1979, the arrival of Bill Walsh and Joe Montana um, helped start a dynasty later in the beginning stages of the early 80s. Um, the team was led in its turnaround from the from late 70s doormat by new owner Edward J. DeBartolo Jr. and head coach Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. The former head coach of Stanford University was known for stockpiling draft picks, making excellent draft selections, and patching roster holes by acquiring free agents. Bill Walsh was hired to be the 49ers head coach in the 1978 offseason. Walsh was a disciple of Paul Brown and served as Brown's offensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals from 1968 to 1975. However, Brown did not appoint him as his successor upon his retirement, choosing another assistant, former 49ers center Bill Tiger Johnson. Walsh was hired by Stanford University in 1977. He went 17-7 in two seasons for the Cardinal before being hired by the 49ers in 1979. Walsh is being is given credit for popular, popularizing the West Coast offense, the Bill Walsh, Walsh offense was actually created and redefined while he was an assistant coach with the Bengals. The offense uses a short, precise, timed passing game as a replacement slash augmentation of the running game. The offense is extremely difficult to defend against as it is content to consistently make six to eight yard gains all the way down the field. The other West Coast offense, more focused on the vertical or downfield passing game, was actually created by 1960s L.A. slash San Diego coach Sid Gilman and San Diego State coach Don Coriel, who also employed a version of it as head coach of the St. Louis Football Cardinals and San Diego Chargers during a period where it garnered the nickname Air Coriel. In Walsh's first draft, the 49ers had targeted Notre Dame quarterback Joe Montana as an early-round pick. Montana enjoyed a storied college career, leading the Fighting Irish to the 1977 national title and a number of dramatic comeback victories, the most stunning of all being his final game at the 1979 Cotton Bowl Classic, playing the University of Houston in an ice storm and with Montana suffering from a bad flu, Notre Dame was down 34-10 in the third quarter. However, Montana led a magnificent rally that culminated with him throwing a touchdown pass on the game's final play to give Notre Dame the 35-34 win. Despite this, 
most scouts did not peg Montana as a top prospect, although 6'2 and 190 to 200 pounds, Montana's arm strength was considered suspect, as was the consistency of his play. Although he did get his share of the credit, most thought of him as a system player surrounded by a great team. In the 1979 draft, the Dallas Cowboys were placed just ahead of the 49ers. The Cowboys draft strategy through that that time was to take the highest ranked player on their draft board at the time of their selection, regardless of position. When the Cowboys turn came up in the third round, the highest graded player on their board was Montana. However, feeling that the quarterback position was in excellent long-term shape with Roger Staubach and Danny White and desperately needing a tight end, the Cowboys went after went off their strategy and drafted Doug Cosby. The 49ers then took Montana. The 49ers' other notable draft choice of 1979 was wide receiver Dwight Clark in the 10th round. Walsh discovered the unheralded Clark while scouting quarterback Steve Fuller of Clemson University as Clark ran routes for Fuller during Walsh's evaluation of the quarterback. Walsh's serpendipitous discovery of Clark proved to be an early glimpse into his philosophy for picking talent. As Walsh implemented his strategies and game plan, the 49ers had another year of losing, finishing 2-14 and like the previous season. There were, however, a number of bright spots. Despite throwing more interceptions, 21 than touchdowns, 17, Steve DeBerg blossomed under Walsh, throwing for over 3,600 yards and completing 60% of his passes. Freddie Solomon also had a good year with over 800 yards receiving. The running game was patchwork with Bill Hoffer leading the team with 615 yards and O.J. Simpson in his final season rushing for only 460 yards and being sidelined with injuries. The 49ers got off to a strong start in 1980, winning their first three games of the season. However, the team still maturing lost their next eight games in a row. Many of these games, though, were close, and the 49ers acquitted themselves well. During the season, Walsh alternated DeBerg and Montana at quarterback. Though DeBerg had played well for the 49ers, Walsh felt the team's best chance to win in the long run was with Montana. He alternated the quarterbacks, giving Montana some experience while giving opponent, keeping opponents off guard. This strategy of alternating quarterbacks from game to game and during games is rare in football, although it had been employed by other successful teams in the past, specifically the Dallas Cowboys of the early 70s who alternated Roger Staubach and Craig Morton and the Los Angeles Rams in the late 1940s, alternating Norm Van Brocklin and Bob Waterfield. In all, DeBerg starred nine games going four for five with 1,998 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 17 interceptions. Montana starred 17 game, seven games going two for five with 1,795 yards, 15 touchdowns, and nine picks. Montana also had a high, better completion percentage at 64.5 to DeBerg's 57.9. The highlight of the 1980 season and a good sign of things to come came in week 14. The 49ers trailed the New Orleans Saints, who at the time were winless at 0-13, They led 
the 49ers 35-7 to at halftime. However, led by Joe Montana, the 49ers made what was then the greatest comeback in NFL history, coming back to tie the score in regulation and winning the game in overtime with the field goal by Ray Wershing to give the 49ers an incredible 38-35 victory. It was this game which marked Montana's first big NFL comeback win that won Montana the quarterback job full-time. A number of key players emerged for the 49ers in 1980. Among them were Dwight Clark, who led that 49ers with 82 receptions and just under 1,000 yards receiving, and running back Earl Cooper, who ran for over 700 yards. 1981-1984, first two Super Bowls. With the offense playing well consistently, Walsh and the 49ers focused on overhauling the defense in 1981. Walsh then took the unusual step, highly unusual step of overhauling his entire secondary with the rookies and untested players, bringing on board Ronnie Lott, Eric Wright, and Carlton Williamson, and giving Dwight Hicks a prominent role. He also acquired veteran linebacker Jack Hacksaw Reynolds and veteran defensive lineman and sack specialist Fred Dean. These new additions, when added to existing defensive mainstays like Keena Turner, turn the 49ers into an offensively and defensively balanced dominant team. After a one and two start, the 49ers won all but one of their remaining games to finish with the 13 and three record up to this point in time. It was the team's best regular season win loss record in its history. Dean made the pro bowl as well. Did lot and Hicks led by Montana. The unusual offense was centered on its short passing game, which Walsh, used as ball control. Both Dwight Clark and Freddie Salmon had excellent years receiving. Clark as a possession receiver and Salmon as more of a deep threat. The 49ers run game, however, was one was among the weakest in the league. Ricky Patterson Patton led the 49ers with only 543 yards rushing. The 49ers' most valuable running back over might have been Earl Cooper, whose strength was as a pass catching back. The 49ers faced the New York Giants in the divisional playoffs and won 38-24. This set up in an NFC Championship game matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, whom the 49ers historically could not beat during their playoff runs in the early 70s. The 49ers played the Cowboys tough, but the Cowboys forced six turnovers and held the lead late. The 49ers were down 27-21 and on their own 11-yard line with four minutes and 54 seconds remaining as Montana had done for Notre Dame and the 49ers so many times before he bound, he led the 49ers on a sustained final 80 yard drive to the Cowboys six yard line on a third and three play with his primary receiver covered Montana rolled right and threw the ball off balance to Dwight Clark in the end zone who leaped up and caught the ball to tie the game at 27 now known as the catch with the extra point giving the 49ers a lead, despite this, the Cowboys have one chance, last chance to win. On the first play of the next possession, Cowboys receiver Drew Pearson caught a pass from Danny White and got to midfield before he was pulled down by the jersey at the 49ers 44-yard line by cornerback Eric Wright, saving a potential late touchdown. On the next play, White was sacked by <coughs> Lawrence Pillars and fumbled the ball which was recovered by Jim Stuckey, giving the 49ers the win 
and a trip to their first ever Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were also in their first Super Bowl. In Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl, the 49ers took a 20 to nothing halftime lead and held on to win 26 to 21 behind kicker Ray Wershing's four field goals and a key defensive stand. Throughout the 81 season, the defense had been a significant reason for the team's success, despite residing in the shadow of the then innovative, innovative offense. Montana won MVP honors mostly on the strength of leading the 49ers on a 92-yard 12-play drive culminating in a touchdown pass to Earl Cooper. Thus did the 49ers complete one of the most dramatic and complete turnarounds in NFL history, going from a 2-14 and season followed by a 10-6 and season, or 6-10 and season, to a Super Bowl championship. The 1982 season was a bad one for the 49ers as they lost all five games at Candlestick Park en route to a 3-6 and six record in a straight-shortened season. This was the 49ers' last losing season for the next 17 years. Joe Montana was the one highlight passing for 2,613 yards in just nine games, highlighted by five straight games in which he broke the 300-yard barrier. In 1983, the 49ers won their final three games of the season, finishing with a 10-6 record and winning their second NFC Western Divisional title in three years, leading the rebound with Joe Montana with another stellar season, passing for 3,910 yards and connecting on 26 touchdowns. In the NFC Divisional Playoffs, they hosted the Detroit Lions. The 49ers jumped out early out in front early and led 17-9 entering the fourth quarter. But the Lions roared back, scoring two touchdowns to take a 23-17 lead. However, Montana led a comeback, hitting wide receiver Freddie Solomon on a game-winning 14-yard touchdown pass with two minutes left on the clock to put the 49ers ahead 24-23. The game ended when a potential game-winning field goal attempt by Lions kicker Eddie Murray missed. The Next week, the 49ers came back from a 21-0 deficit against the Washington Redskins in the NFC Championship game to tie the game before controversial penalties and a late Mark Mosley field goal sent the Redskins to a 24-21 victory over onto Super Bowl onto the Super Bowl. In 1984, the 49ers had one of the greatest seasons and team history by finishing the regular season 15-1, setting the record for most regular season wins that was later equaled by the 85 Chicago Bears, the 98 Minnesota Vikings, the 04 Pittsburgh Steelers, the 2011 Green Bay Packers, and finally broken by the 2007 New England Patriots with 16 regular season victories. Their 18 wins overall is still a record, tied by the 85 Bears and the 2007 New England Patriots, who also won 18 straight but lost the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. The 49ers' only defeat in the 1984 season was a 20-17 loss to the Steelers. A late field goal attempt in that game by San Francisco, Ray Wershing went off the uprights and was no good. In the playoffs, they beat the New York Giants 21-10, shut out the Chicago Bears 23-0 in, their, in the NFC Championship, and in the Super Bowl, 
2019, the 49ers shut down a record-setting year by NFL MVP Dan Marino and his speedy receivers Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. Beating the Miami Dolphins 38-16. Their entire defensive backfield, Ronnie Lott, Eric Wright, Dwight Hicks, and Carlton Williams was elected to the Pro Bowl and NFL first. 1985 through 1987, arrival of Jerry Rice. In the 1985 draft, NFL draft, the team received the 28th overall pick after winning the Super Bowl the previous year. On draft day, the 49ers traded its first two draft picks for New England's first-round choice. The 16th selection overall. The teams also swapped third-round picks as part of the deal and selected Jerry Rice from Mississippi Valley State. It is a, it was reported that the Dallas Cowboys, who had the 17th selection overall, were intended to pick him. In the 1985 season, the 49ers were not as dominant as in 84, finishing the regular season with a 10-6 and record and wildcard berth. Jerry Rice struggled at times, dropping numerous pa- pra- <laughs> passes, but he still impressed the NFL in his rookie season for the 49ers in 1985, especially after a 10-yard, 240 or 10-catch, 241-yard game against the Los Angeles Rams in December. Rice was named NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year after recording 40, 49 catches for 927 yards and averaging a 19.9 yards per catch. Roger Craig became the first NFL player to gain 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. In the 1985 playoffs, the 49ers were quickly eliminated from the playoffs by the New York Giants, 17-3. In the 1986 NFL season, the 49ers got off to a quick start after a 31-7 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on opening day. But the win was costly. Joe Montana injured his back and was out for two months. The injury was to a spinal disc in Montana's lower back and required immediate surgery. The injury was so severe that Montana's doctors suggested that Montana retire. On September 15, 1986, the 49ers placed Montana on the injured reserve list. Jeff Kemp became the starting quarterback and the 49ers went 4-3-1 in September and October. Montana returned to the team on November 6th of that year. In his first game back from injury, Montana passed for 270 yards and three touchdown passes in a 43-17 49er victory against the St. Louis Cardinals. The 49ers caught fire, winning the next five of the final seven games, including a 24-14 win over the Los Angeles Rams to clinch the NFC West title. Jerry Rice continued to show improvement from the previous season, catching 86 passes for a league-leading 1,570 yards and 15 touchdowns. Montana was co-recipient of the 1986 NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award, which he shared with Vikings quarterback Tommy Kramer. However, the New York Giants would defeat the 49ers again in the playoffs, 49-3 in the team's worst postseason loss to date. Montana was again injured in the first half by a hit from the Giants' Jim Burt. <coughs> uh, sorry about that, folks. In the offseason, Bill Walsh was concerned about Montana's health going forward, and with no relatable backup at quarterback, he completed a trade for Steve Young, then a quarterback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. During the strikes, 
strike shortened 87 season, the 49ers became one of the NFL's elite teams once again with the league best 13 and 2 record. The Joe Montana had a bounce back year after his injuries the previous year. And being questioned by the media if he could still produce at a high level by throwing 31 touchdown passes, a career high. He also set the NFL record for most consecutive pass attempts without an incomplete pass, 22 passed for 3,500 or 3,054 yards and had a passer rating of 102.1. Rice had established himself as an elite receiver. He caught 65 passes for 1,700 or 1,078 yards, and then NFL record 22 touchdowns in just 12 games. 1987 was the second of six seasons in which Rice would also lead the NFL in receiving receiving and slash or touchdown receptions. He was named an Offensive Player of the Year. By the end of the regular season, the 49ers were ranked number one on both offense and defense and were heavily favored heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl. However, they were stunned in the NFC Divisional Round, losing 36-24 to what was believed to be an inferior Minnesota Vikings team, their third straight playoff loss. Joe Montana had one of the worst postseason games of his career and was eventually benched during the game in favor of Steve Young, who scored a rushing touchdown through another. After the game, owner Eddie DeBartolo stripped Walsh of the team president title. Dwight Clark retired that offseason. 88-89, back-to-back Super Bowls. During the offseason, a quarterback controversy between Joe Montana and Steve Young had begun after Montana's poor performance in the playoffs the previous year. Many speculated that the 88 season would be his last with the team. In the 88 NFL season, the 49ers struggled to start the season. Walsh would constantly switch QBs between Montana, who suffered an elbow injury week one that would linger for most of the season, and Young. At one point, they were 6-5, and five, and the team was in danger of missing the playoffs. Before week 11, Ronnie Locke called the players-only meeting. After the meeting, the team came together and defeated the defending Super Bowl champion Washington Redskins in a Monday night game. Montana had fully recovered from his injury and retook the starting job as the team eventually finished this season at 10 and 6. They gained a measure of revenge by routing the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 9 in the divisional playoffs. The 49ers then traveled to Chicago Soldier Field for the NFC Championship against the Chicago Bears, where the wind chill factor at game was negative 26 degrees. However, despite the weather, Joe Montana picked apart the Bears' top-rate defense by scoring three touchdowns as the 49ers do- dominated the Bears with a 28-3 victory, earning the team's third su- trip to the Super Bowl to go against Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Despite numerous trips deep into Cincinnati territory by the 49ers, the game was tied 3-3 at halftime. Early in the fourth quarter, Montana tied the score at 13. However, Cincinnati regained the lead on a Jim Breach field goal to put the 49 or to put the Bengals ahead 16 to 3, 13 with just over 3 minutes left on the clock. Following the kickoff and a holding penalty, the 49ers took over on their 8-yard line with 3 minutes and 8 seconds left on the clock. 
Joe Montana began the, began the final drive by stepping into the huddle and remarking to offensive tackle Harris Barton during a televised timeout, hey, there's John Candy, as he pointed to the stands on the other side of the field. His calm demeanor reassured the 49ers, and he then engineered what some considered the greatest drive in Super Bowl history as he drove the team 92 yards for the game, game-winning touchdown on a pass to John Taylor with only 34 seconds left as they captured their third Super Bowl championship with a score of 20-16. to 16. Jerry Rice was named Super Bowl MVP. <clears throat> After the Super Bowl, Bill Walsh retired as head coach. His defensive coordinator and handpicked successor, George Seifert, took over as head coach. In the 1989 NFL season, Joe Montana threw for 3,521 yards and 26 touchdowns with only eight interceptions, giving him a 112.4 quarterback rating, which was then the highest single-season passer rating in the NFL and was named NFL Most Valuable Player and was named NFL Most Valuable Player. Jerry Rice, in his fifth year in the league, continued to dominate. He led the league with almost 1,490 yards receiving and 17 touchdowns. The 49ers clinched their fourth straight division title, beating the Los Angeles Rams 30-27 to after dramatic comeback, second-half comeback. They, led, they finished 14-2, gaining home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Their two losses were by a combined five points. In the divisional playoffs, they easily defeated the Vikings 41-13 in the NFC Championship game. They played against the Rams for a third time. The previous two games had been decided by a total of four points, but then they were able to blow out the Rams 30-3, earning another trip to the Super Bowl where they defeated the Denver Broncos in relatively easy fashion by a score of 55-10 to 10 in Super Bowl 24. Setting a record for points scored and wide, widest margin of victory in a Super Bowl, Montana himself set many Super Bowl records since some since tied or surpassed en route to his third Super Bowl MVP in winning the Super Bowl the 49ers became the only team to win back-to-back Super Bowls under different head coaches. This 1989 championship is often regarded as one of the most dominant teams in NFL history, winning three playoff games by combined 100 points. 1990 to 1993, unsuccessful three-peat slash Steve Young steps in. In 1990, the 49ers won their first 10 games, and they eventually finished 14-2. and They ripped through the season, and the coveted third Super Bowl victory seemed within reach. In the playoffs, the 49ers dispatched the Washington Redskins 28-10, to setting up a conference championship game with the New York Giants. Despite not scoring a touchdown in the game, the 49ers took advantage of a fourth-quarter injury to Joe Montana and converted a faked punt attempt to thwart the 49ers' attempt at the three-peat. The Giants kicked a last-second field goal after recovering a Roger Craig fumble in the final minutes of the game, winning 15-13 and going on to win win the Super Bowl. During the quest for a three-peat between 1988 and 1990, the 49ers set a league record with 18 consecutive road victories. Joe Montana missed almost all of the following two seasons with a recurring elbow injury. 
Following the 1990 season, the 49ers left team stalwarts Roger Craig and Ronnie Lott unprotected and let them go to the Los Angeles Raiders via Plan B free agency. In 1991, Steve Young injured the thumb on his throwing hand and was later sidelined with an injured knee. After 10 games, the 49ers had a record of 4-6. and six. Backup quarterback Steve Bono helped the team win its next five games with Young sidelined. In the final game of the season, Monday night versus the NFC's number two seed, Young returned and the 49ers beat the Chicago Bears 54-14, finishing 10-6. and six. However, the team missed qualifying for the playoffs by virtue of losing the head-to-head tiebreaker to the Atlanta Falcons, who, which had beaten the 49ers on a last-second Hail Mary pass earlier in the season. The 1992 and 93 season saw a resurgent 49er team under the leadership of Steve Young, but a subpar and aging defense could only take them to the NFC Championship game before falling to, falling to the Dallas Cowboys each time. Ugh. In 1992, Joe Montana came back after missing almost two full seasons due to an elbow injury in his throwing arm and started the second half of a Monday night game versus Detroit on December 28, 1992. With the 49ers clinging to a 7-6 lead, Montana entered the game and looked as though he had not missed a single snap, completing 15 of 21 passes for 126 yards and two touchdowns as the 49ers defeated the Lions 24-6. To six, the 49ers finished the '92 season with a 14 and two record and home field advantage in the playoffs. San Francisco defeated the Washington Redskins 20 to 13 in the divisional playoff game, but lost to the Dallas Cowboys 30 to 20 in the NFC Championship at Candlestick. At the end of the '92 season, partly fueled by media hype, the biggest con quarterback controversy in football history was in full swing. After discussions with the owner and the coach, Montana asked for and was granted a trade to the Kansas City Chiefs prior to the 1993 season, despite Eddie DeBartolo wanting Montana to stay and start. Montana realized that he and Young could not stay with the 49ers without a controversy. Montana was later quoted as saying, if I had stayed and started, there would have been problems. If I had stayed and Steve Young had started, there would have been problems. And the 49ers finished the 1993 season, the team's first without Joe Montana on the roster with a 10-6 record and the number two seed in the playoffs. San Francisco defeated the New York Giants 44-3 in the divisional playoff game, but lost to the Dallas Cowboys 38-21 in the NFC Championship at Texas Stadium. 1994 through 1998. Although I'll cut it after they win the first, the fifth Super Bowl, just no. All right. In 1994, the team spent large amounts of money on the addition of several star free agents from other teams, including Ken Norton Jr., Gary Plummer, Ricky Jackson, Bart Oates, Richard Dent, Charles Mann, and Deion Sanders. Additionally, several rookie players made key contributions to the team soon becoming season-long stars, such as defensive tackle Bryant Young, fullback William Floyd, and linebacker Lee Woodall. Due to the injuries to the offensive line, the 49ers had some tough times early in the season. The 49ers had some tough times early in the season, including a 40-8 home loss to the 
Philadelphia Eagles and a 24-17 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, led by former 49ers quarterback Joe Montana following the Eagles game. A poll conducted on local sports radio station KNBR showed that an overwhelming majority of 49er fans wanted head coach George Seifert fired. The game against the Eagles was a turning point for the 49ers, despite the lopsided scores. Quarterback Steve Young was benched in the third quarter and was later seen livid on the sidelines, starting shouting profanities at Seifert. The following week in Detroit, the 49ers trailed the Lions 7 to nothing. After throwing a pass, Young was hit, picked up, and driven into the ground by three Lions defenders. After the hit, Young was screaming with his face dark red in color. He screamed, mo- he crawled most of the way off of the field before refusing help from the trainers as he limped the remaining way off the field. He miraculously returned to the field two plays later. NFL rules states that after trainers attend to an injured player, that player must leave the field for at least one play. To lead the 49ers to a 27-21 victory, the team rallied around Young to win 10 straight games, including a 21-14 victory over the two-time defending Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys. During that span, the 49ers' average margin of victory was nearly 20 points per game, a sustained dominance not seen since the 1985 Chicago Bears, despite scoring only eight points in one game and 14 another. The 49ers set a new record for total regular season and postseason combined points scored. That record was later broken by the New England Patriots in 2007. The 1998 Minnesota Vikings scored 556 regular season points, but only 68 postseason points for a total of 624, while the 84 49ers scored 495 regular season points and 131 postseason points for a total of 626 the second highest mark in NFL's history. Even after those initial rough spots early in the season, the 49ers finished the season 13-3 and and with home field advantage throughout the playoffs. In their first game, they easily defeated the Chicago Bears 44-15, setting up the third straight 49ers-Cowboys NFC Championship game. The 49ers took advantage of three early Cowboys turnovers, taking a 21-0 lead in the first quarter. Taking a 31-14 lead into halftime after a perfect 29-yard pass from Young to Rice in the closing seconds, the game appeared to be far out of reach for the Cowboys, but a 49er fumble on the opening kickoff of the third quarter led to a Cowboys score cutting the lead to 31-21. Later, the 49ers responded with a young touchdown run, making it 38-21 before the Cowboys scored another touchdown in the final minutes for a final score of 38-28. The convincing win qualified the 49ers for their fifth Super Bowl appearance and the first to be played by two teams from California. The 49ers steamrolled the San Diego Charters 49-26 behind Young's record-setting six touchdown passes in Super Bowl 29, at the time becoming the first team to win a record record five Super Bowls, firmly establishing them as a worthy successor to Joe Montana. Young was named the game's MVP. The 49ers run of five Super Bowls with 
wins in 14 seasons, 1981 through 1994, solidified them among the 1960 Vince Lombardi Green Bay Packers and 1970 Chuck Knoll Pittsburgh Steelers as one of the NFL's modern NFL's great dynasties. Um, The 49ers make the playoffs in 1995 and 1996, being eliminated both times by the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. Um, in 97, George Seifert retired as um, 49ers head coach. They, On the same day of George Seifert's retirement, they hire Cal head coach Steve Mariucci as his replacement. Um, and... Then um, I think they go to, yeah, they go to the playoffs again and they're beaten by um, the, they defeat the Minnesota Vikings 38 to 22. um, And then they again meet the Green Bay Packers at Candlestick, but again, lose 23 to 10. Um, Eddie DeBartle, Low is um, suspended for one year, um, and his sister Denise and her husband John York take over operations of the team, which still continues to this day. Um, in 1998, uh, Jerry Rice returns from a knee injury. Um, Terrell Owens is on the team. JJ Stokes. Uh, they faced the Green Bay Packers again in the uh, 1998 playoffs, and they win on a dramatic 25-yard touchdown pass, dubbed by many as the catch two, um, which they win with three seconds left in that game. Um, They go on to lose to the eventual NFC champion Atlanta Falcons, who go on to beat the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC championship. Um, and that is pretty much it. Um, and he, um, that, that's the end of the famed 49ers dynasty. Uh, Steve Young later retires, um, in 1999, he later retires, although he was, um, supposed to supposedly rumor was that if he didn't retire he was going to let out his contract and then possibly go over to Denver and take over that team um, as quarterback but too many concussions and injuries forced him to retire he thought better of it Um, Joe Montana retires I think after the 94 season um, never reaching a Super Bowl with Kansas City Chiefs but getting very close to it and two years. Um, so, yeah, that is pretty much the 49ers dynasty. You know, they win five Super Bowls, but ultimately have not really done much since. Um, they've been to a couple of playoffs uh, games, went to two Super Bowls since then, lost both, um, one with Colin Kaepernick and one with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's very hit or miss with what happens with the 49ers later on in the years 
and or in their future after their dynasty. So hopefully you all enjoyed this. I loved presenting it to you. Um, wow. Holy crap. 39 minutes doing that. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you all for the 180 downloads on the podcast. We Again, we here at the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast couldn't have done it without y'all. You keep amazing us with how much love and support you show to this um, podcast. And keep it up, please. You know, we're on the road to 200. We're, we just need 20 more and we're at 200, guys. And then we get to go to 250. 300, you know, so on for so forth. All right. Thank you so very much. Keep up the great support. Remember the four B's be responsible, be respectful, be humble, be kind. Thank you so very much. And as always, this is Stephen Jarvis signing off. Goodbye.